Wherefore God also had highly exalted him. Of course, the him is Jesus. Amen. And given him a name which is above every name. Let that sink in. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. I remember back in 1993, uh, I remember um, I got born again in 1991, and I was... uh, 29 years old when I got saved, 1991, so I must have been around 31 years old when this happened. And I had a situation where I remember I was sick. I was really, really sick. And uh, that sickness kind of came on me kind of suddenly. And uh, I remember going to bed that night. And uh, I remember laying down in the bed, and uh, I guess I drifted off to sleep. But during that that period, I had something very unusual happen to me. I felt, and I know it now, that it was my spirit literally being pulled down. My spirit left my body. I could sense that. And I could feel myself being pulled down into darkness. And uh, while it was happening... I could hear with my hearing these noises, these cackling noises I had never heard before. And uh, because I was born again, God gave me grace and I had no fear. At all, while this was going on, I remember that I was just in my mind trying to figure out what's going on. Now it was totally pitch black; I couldn't see anything, and I could not really perceive. Anything physical. It was just spiritual. All this was spiritual. And again, there was no fear. God gave me grace. I had no fear. And the Holy Spirit, I know know it now. At that time, I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit 
told me or gave me the impression to speak the name of Jesus. And so has this power was taking me deeper and deeper into this darkness, and I could hear these loud noises getting more loud, and I knew, I knew now, I know now there was demons. I spoke out of my mouth, out of my spirit mouth or whatever, in the name of Jesus, let me go. And immediately, I raised up in my bed, just like this. And I was like, wow, what happened? And I was troubled. I was like, (laughs) I did not know what was going on. But the Lord began to let me know after I got into ministry what actually was happening. He used that opportunity to teach me the power of the name of Jesus. Yeah. Because when I spoke the name of Jesus, the, those, the, those spiritual wickedness that had hold of me, they immediately had to let me go. And it let me know that when we speak the name of Jesus, Every knee must bow. It's the most powerful name in the universe. And God wants me to let you to remind somebody tonight that you need to speak the name of Jesus more often over some of the things that's going on in your life. Because the devil, that's, that's the only name that he respects. In the spirit realm, it's a name that is supreme. I don't know, when we get to heaven, we'll probably have, a, obviously, a better understanding of these things. But I, I found out that night that um, the power of the name of Jesus. And I actually, and this something else God showed me. He said... Son, actually what had happened, you had died. Yeah, I, I'm not going to leave that out. He said, actually, you, had, you actually had died. But Satan couldn't hold you because you were born again. Yeah, that's, that's what he told me. You, you actually had, had died. And uh, when you spoke the name of Jesus, your body, your spirit came back into your body. Glory to God. Oh, that's the power of our God. That's the power of Jesus Christ. So I don't know why God wanted me to share that tonight, uh, but I, I wanted to be obedient and talk about that a little bit before we get into our message. Um, we've been talking about radical faith, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, extreme faith. I, uh, when I got the title... Use that word radical, but radical simply means extreme faith and how we could connect with God with our faith. And we've really been going over line upon line, precept upon precept doing these teachings. And I think God's been doing that on purpose. A lot of these things we've heard before, 
But I believe God's just reminding us of the necessity of strong faith, Bible faith. You know, we can have faith in a lot of things that don't matter. But when we have faith in what the word, the literal word of God says, that is when we connect with God. That is when we uh, see the signs and the wonders and the miracles and the power of God released in our lives. And the destinies that he has for us begin to manifest as we fight through. Somebody might be in a fight tonight, but God wants you to know that that fight that you're fighting is not in vain. He's with you. He's with you. And he's going to make sure that you walk in that destiny, that you experience that destiny as long as you keep faith in his word. No matter how dark it is, no matter what the circumstances are saying, and we talked about the contradictions last week that come against us, God says don't, don't pay attention to the contradictions. Pay attention to my word. Keep your eyes on my word. And you will see the glory of God in your life. Amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit. And we ask tonight for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Bring divine revelation to your people. These are your sheep. They have been called by you to fulfill your kingdom purpose. And we pray tonight, Lord God, that your word would come forth with divine clarity, divine power, burden-removing, yoke-destroying power tonight. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray above all that you be glorified. That Jesus Christ be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe we, we uh, left off the last time we met in Second, Corinth, Second Timothy, excuse me, Second Timothy. And I kind of want to go there tonight, starting off. But the, but the verse that we talked about before we touched that was in Galatians, and I don't want to go there, but Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. What is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith. And that scripture simply tells us that the blessing of Abraham is the will of God for each and every one of God's children. Everything that Abraham walked in in terms of blessing, you and I have a legal right to it. Uh, But uh, we must... uh, come against the manifestations of the curse and the contradictions of the curse because those things will still try to manifest themselves in our life. Sickness and disease, uh, poverty, spiritual, spiritual death, all of those things we've been redeemed from, but they will still try to manifest themselves. Fear, Failure, all those things, but we've been redeemed from those things. Can I get an amen? amen? What Paul tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4, if we're going to experience God's best, it's not going to be just a, a simple thing in terms of uh, 
manifestation every time. Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So I must and you must, if we're going to experience what God wants us to experience, I must be determined to keep my faith. Even when I see the most extreme contradictions. I'm standing on the word of God for healing in my body. God says, I want you to develop a mindset of not paying attention to what your body says. The contradictions of your body. Because your body is a natural thing. And the word of God is a spiritual thing. Amen. And the word of God supersedes anything that goes on in the natural realm. That's, that's the fight. Uh, your bank account, your finances may be going through a challenge right now. And God says, that is not your portion. But yet, and still we see in our natural lives these contradictions. But we must be of those people who have made a decision that we're not going to be moved by contradictions. My God meets all my needs. In abundance. (laughs) According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Again, that's, that's the fight of faith that uh, goes on in the arena of the mind, right? That's where the battle is, in, in my mind. The fiery darts of the enemy. I'm standing on the Word of God, and the enemy brings these fiery darts, these thoughts, these contradictory thoughts. But God is saying, at that point, when I'm walking by faith and not by sight, I'm casting down imagination. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Amen. This is the fight of faith. This is where the rubber meets the road. Where we have to become those people who are radically and extremely on fire for this word. Where we hold this word, God's word, above everything. Where we're really and truly operating and living like new creatures. Yeah. New creatures in Christ. That's who we are. And God says, I want my people in this season to begin to walk in that realm, in that realm, in that arena, in the supernatural. See, this is not what we're talking about in terms of faith. This is not something that we just do on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. Real, real faith, Bible faith is a lifestyle. And it's, it's one of those things that God endorses. He wants his people to experience victory. Every single time. 
I mean, every time. He wants you. Not, not saying you're not going to go through some things. We're going to go through some things. Paul said it's, it's a fight. So that means it's going to be a confrontation. But God intends for his people to win every single time. Amen. He never planned any defeats for us. When I think about Israel, I think about how when God anointed Israel and gave them precedent uh, in the new land and when they were obeying and, and doing the things that God wanted them to do, they would just go in. They, they would go in, into a, a, a country or a nation. They'd just take over. They'd have to, they, have, they would have to go in, though, and fight and take it. But as long as they were believing the word and walking in the word, God gave them unprecedented victory every single time. They never uh, experienced defeat unless they were in sin. Any other time, it was just God, God wanted them to experience his best. Same holds true in the new covenant. Again, not saying we're not going to have be, be challenged. We will be challenged. There will be pushback. The enemy does not like us to go into the land and possess the land. He will put up a, a fight. But this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith in this word. This is the victory that will overcome all the contradictions. It's the word of God. So, so that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the fight of faith. The fight of faith. Now, one of Satan's main objectives is to tempt us to believe that during the hard times that God has abandoned us. How many of y'all have heard that lie from the devil? You're going through a tough time. And the devil speaks to your mind. You know, God don't care nothing about you. If he cared about you, you wouldn't be going through this. You wouldn't be experiencing this contradiction. But we talked about different components of faith. And I want to touch on the fourth component of great faith is, I am never abandoned by God. Don't care what it looked like. Don't care what's going on. Don't care if I'm in the pit. God has not abandoned me. Okay. I, I, got to, I got to have that as my attitude. And the way that uh, I maintain that attitude is by keeping my eyes on the Word instead of what I'm going through. While we look not at those things which are seen, but those things which are not seen. But those things which are seen, the things that I'm going through, are temporal. They're temporary. But the things that are not seen, the Bible says, are eternal, which is the Word of God and the promises of God. So it doesn't matter what season I'm in, I will eventually experience the blessing of the Word as long as I hold on to the Word. And I, believe, and, I, and I believe that God has not abandoned me, even though it may seem that way to my natural man. Matthew chapter 26. That's where I want to go. And I want to look at verse 51. We're going to go slow tonight. That's all right. 
<laughs> and behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched forth his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Then he says something very interesting here in verse 53. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray my father, and he shall presently give me twelve, more than twelve legions of angels? <laughs> Jesus always knew, no matter what, and this was a bad time in terms of he getting ready to go to the cross. He's getting ready to suffer. He's getting ready to go through, through it all. But he knew that God hadn't abandoned him. He said, if I, all I have to do is ask, and God will give me 72,000 angels right there, right there. He knew that he was not abandoned even though he was going through a very difficult time. And he knew what was always made available to him. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to always remember that no matter what situation we find ourselves in, that there's always help. You got an angel right there with you, right now. You can't see him, but they're there. Some of us got more than one. There are angels in this room. And, and God wants us to always remember that the Holy Spirit is here, obviously. But not only that, but the angels of God are here. And Jesus, he knew that on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. He knew that he, was, he always had help. God would never abandon him. There's power in that. There's power when we understand that. That no matter what we're going through, no, no matter what attack the enemy brings our way, we know that our God is on our side. Let's go to John chapter 17 for a minute. So that has to be paramount in my thinking when I'm walking in faith that God will never abandon me some people might say well, well that was Jesus that was Jesus because God will never abandon his only begotten son but we have to understand once you got born again you are now in the family of God And our natural mind can't re cannot really comprehend how much God loves us. And the same God that would not abandon Jesus will not abandon you. I'm going to show you what I mean here in verse 23. And this is an awesome scripture that I meditate on uh, from time to time. Jesus says, and he's praying this high priestly prayer, I am them... 
thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Hallelujah. And that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. <laughs> well, the Son of God said, 72,000 angels were made available to him at his beck and call because God loved him. He believed that his father loved him. That's why he understood that. That's why he, had, he trusted in that. How many of y'all know <laughs> God loves you just as much? You might be at, uh, living alone right now. And uh, the house may at nighttime get kind of scary. You hear noises at nighttime. Know that you're not alone. God, God got your back. He's got your back. Just, just as much as he has Jesus' back, he has your back. He wants you to know that tonight. You, you need not fear anything. The God that loves, the Son of God has given to you that same love through covenant relationship. Okay. Now, Let's look at Psalms 91 and get a picture of what's, what that type of uh, protection looks like. Because this is covenant protection. This is covenant blessing that we can release our faith for. This is what faith is for, by the way. To believe these things, to bring deliverance to our lives. Fear opens the door to death. Fear opens the door to destruction, but faith closes the door to the enemy. How many of y'all believe that? Psalms 91, verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. So this person has a passion for God. They, uh, they have made God their refuge. They made a decision that, uh, that God is their God. How many of y'all have made that decision that God is your God tonight? Jesus Christ is your Lord. So you have the same heart. You have, you have the same opportunity because your heart has been made open to God through eternal life. And the psalmist here, you have to understand that he is living under an inferior covenant. This is the old covenant. He wasn't born again. But yet he, yet he had a revelation of God in terms of God's protection for him. He says something very bold here in verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like a contradiction <laughs> in terms of our experience a lot of times. Evil coming against us and befalling us. We, we've all experienced the touch of the enemy, right? We've all experienced the enemy 
bringing his encroachment upon us, bringing aspects of the curse into our lives. And Galatians said we've been redeemed from that. So, but the Bible is telling me that no evil will befall me. In other words, that evil that's going to come against me, it, it can't overcome me. Didn't say I wouldn't be touched by it. I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't experience some of the effects of a fallen world. Because we, we live in a fallen world. But I, I have been born again to overcome it. So, so his, his perspective is, though things are coming against me and aspects of the curse are trying to overtake me, they won't befall me. I won't be overcome by them because I'm in covenant relationship with God. Okay? There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. So the plague, talking about the aspects of the curse, sickness and disease. This person has, um, has a strong revelation of covenant rights. He understood that uh, in Deuteronomy, God says, all sickness and all disease, that's not your portion as a covenant believer. That's why, he, that's why he's so bold in his assertion. He's speaking this out of his mouth. He's uh, believing it. And because he, he lives in a fallen world, I'm sure he has experienced the contradictions. But he has made up his mind. He's not even paying any attention to the contradiction. He said, no, no evil's going to befall me. No plague's going to even come near my dwelling. He's knocking at my door, but I'm not going to answer. The devil's knocking at my door. With destruction, but I'm not going to answer. And if I do answer, I'm going to answer in faith. I'm going to answer with the word. Then he gives uh, us understanding of angelic protection here. He says, for he shall give his angels charge over thee and keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, the angels, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, I'm not preaching something I, don't, I, I haven't experienced. There was a period about four years ago where, and I knew the devil was literally trying to kill me. And I'm not just talking. I'm driving my car going toward the medical center about four years ago. And I'm in traffic. And a car bumped me from behind and propelled me into the path of an 18-wheeler. And it smashed my car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, with impact. The car that hit me, that 
bump me from behind and maybe go into the, uh, the path of the ATW. He kept going. Just kept going. And long story short, I didn't get a scratch on me. <laughs> Not even a scratch. Not even, you know, how you, how, how you experience a, a car wreck sometimes and the next day you, you're sore? Not even soreness. Wasn't even sore the next day. The devil was trying to kill me. I, I know he was. Then, about a year later, I'm going to work on 290. And uh, I'm driving, and I noticed this car coming up behind me with the blinker slashing. It's about 5 o'clock in the morning. It's dark outside. So, as he was pulling alongside of me, we drove for about, I guess, about a mile. All of a sudden, when he got even with me, he just, boom, just ran into me. Just boom. Came into my lane, knocked me out, out of my lane. And uh, tore on, on the driver's side, tore my door off, tore my door up, and I was like, pulled over to the side. He kept going. <laughs> Say this, this is this is the devil. He, he's actually trying to kill me. No, not a scratch. Then, somebody said, well, you can't drive, bro. Something wrong with you. No. no I, God is my witness. None of this was my fault, I'm telling you. Okay? Because that's what she was thinking. She said, <laughs> something you must be doing wrong. But now, um, about two years ago, two or three years ago, I'm driving home from Pasadena, evening traffic, all of a sudden I hear this crash on my left, the left hand side of my car, boom, and I look into the side mirror and there's an 18 wheeler, <laughs> then, then ran into the back of me and for whatever reason smashed that the driver's side wasn't a hard impact, but it was hard enough. But he didn't he didn't drive off. We pulled we, we pulled to the side, and he, he you know he was a Christian guy, born again believer, and uh, you know we handled it. But long story short, I know that I know that I know the devil was trying to kill me. And by, it's God's grace. Only by God's grace I'm standing here. But I also believe it's because I often quote that scripture. He's going to give his angels charge over me and keep me in all my ways. That was one of my favorite scriptures that I, that I quote. So the, this, this angelic protection is ours. Just as much as it was Jesus's, it's ours. But we got to release our faith for those things.
So the unseen realm is a realm where we need to pay attention. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Our problem is never people. It's the devil. And we always have to keep in mind that this is a spiritual battle we're in. And the only way we overcome the spiritual uh, attacks and the things that's coming against us is we have to walk by faith. We have to believe what the Word says. If you can get to the point where you're just believing what the Word says, the devil cannot overcome you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You've got to get that in your heart. We've got to get that in our heart. That it doesn't matter what happens, what comes, or what may. It cannot prosper in my life. I don't care what the devil sends. Second Kings chapter 6. Verse 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel. Because Israel are God's covenant people. Syria, a Gentile opponent. And took counsel with his servants. Saying in such and such a place shall be my camp. Verse 9, And the man of God, and the man of God that he's talking about is Elisha, sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such and such a place, but thither the Syrians are come down. So Elisha is giving the king of Israel inside information on how to overcome the Syrians. Verse 10. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there. Not once, nor twice. So he got divine revelation from Elisha to help him overcome a covenant situation. And by the way, any time that you encounter the enemy, it's a covenant situation. Okay? You got to view it that way. Uh, The enemy's coming against you to separate you from your faith so that you cannot experience the covenant blessing. That's the whole reason he comes. To try to separate you from your faith so that you cannot experience the covenant blessing of Abraham. But God gave Israel, Israel's king, divine revelation in this situation. You you should expect the same. Verse 11, Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore trouble for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which one of us 
is for the king of Israel. So he thinks that he has a spy in the camp because he's not able to overcome Israel. He thinks one of his servants is working for the other team. Verse 12. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel, he's telling the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. <laughs> so he says, Elisha is your problem. God's prophet is your problem. He's giving the king of Israel information. That's why you can't overcome him. Verse 13. And he said, go and spy where he is. So the devil is about to send his people to try to capture Elijah. He says, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is at Dothan. Therefore sent he till the horses and chariots, and a great host. Somebody say a great host. A great host. And they came by night, and they surrounded the city. Now, think about this in your mind. This king, very powerful king, has sent his army to surround the city, to capture God's person or God's man. Same holds true with you and I. You start giving the devil trouble, he's going to send his henchmen to find out what's going on, what's really going on with you. He's going to come against you and you should expect it. Okay? So I, I notice the Bible says a great host surrounded the city. Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God, Elisha's servant, was risen up early and gone forth, so he went outside very early in the morning, and behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. So he sees with his eyes <laughs> that they are being surrounded. And in the natural, this is a dangerous situation. We will always face in the natural dangerous situations. That's just how it is. When the doctor gives you that report that's not good, that's a dangerous situation. It's not good. When that, that unexpected letter comes in the mail, it's telling you that you owe $25,000 in taxes and you ain't got it. That's a bad situation, right? That's something none of us want to experience. Just these negative aspects of living in this broken and fallen world. So the servant goes to Elisha. He says, alas, my master. They surround the city. What are we going to do? <laughs> so he's afraid. 
He's got this uh, great prophet with him, but yet and still he's afraid. Because he's looking at the natural. Verse, verse 16. And Elijah, he answered and said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. <laughs> Elijah's perspective is different than his servant's. He knows something that his servant doesn't know. He understands something that his servant doesn't understand. That because he's in covenant relationship with the living God, he's all, he always has divine protection. You must understand that. This is an inferior covenant that they're living under. I always have to remember that. That these people were operating and living under the, a covenant that was established on the blood of bulls and goats. And yet God honored them as long as they were living by faith in it. The covenant that we live under is a covenant ratified by the blood of God himself. And how much more will God back up his word for us? So when we see God do these miraculous things in the Old Testament, understand that that's a type and shadow of what we can experience in our generation because of our God, because of Jesus Christ. So Elijah says again, fear not, don't be afraid. For they that be with us are more than they be, that be with them. Verse 17, and Elijah prayed, because he see the boy, the boy is upset, he's, he's, he's afraid. He said, he prayed and he said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes <laughs> that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. <laughs> Woo! So God supernaturally opened that servant's eyes and he was able to see what Elijah knew. <laughs> Elijah, I don't think Elijah saw those angels, those angels, those chairs. I don't think he ever saw. He just knew that they were there. He said, God, he's having trouble with his faith. Open his eyes. Help him to see in the spirit realm what's, what's been made available to him by covenant relationship. Divine protection that's been made available. Let him see and understand that they that are with us are more than they that are against us. That's what God wants you to understand tonight. He wants us to get to the place where we recognize and understand that God has us covered. No matter what it looked like, no matter what the contradictions are saying, God has angelic help. He has spiritual help. He's ne he will never abandon us. Never abandon us. Somebody needs to know that tonight. Somebody may be going through a dark time, even uh, watching online tonight. You may be going through a dark time. Understand that there's more help for you. You just can't see it with your natural eye. God wants you to begin to 
View your life by way of the Word. We, we found out last week that we've been redeemed from the law of sin and death. We've been redeemed from that. That's not our portion. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is our portion. And everything that that entails is our portion to enjoy, not just in eternity, but right now. He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? How shall he not also protect us and watch over us? And he does. He's watching over you tonight. He's watching over you right now. He wants you to know that he covers you with his love and with his divine protection. You believe that tonight? Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. This is faith. This is Bible faith we're talking about tonight. This is being willing only to look at the Word, getting to the point where we're, we're just looking at the Word. The Word is our portion. The Word is ours, our protection. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Father God, we pray tonight That the Holy Spirit will give us divine confidence. That you will never leave us, nor will you ever forsake us. We will will never be abandoned because of your blood that was shed on Calvary. I pray, God, that our faith in your word We grow stronger and stronger. That that measure of faith that you have given to each and every one of us, God, it will begin to grow even during times of contradiction. Even though during those times when our faith is tested, and it will be tested, but we will overcome each and every encroachment of the enemy. Because we have truly been redeemed. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And we say so tonight. We come in agreement with you. And we give you all the glory, all the praise, and all of the honor for every manifestation of your power in our lives. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Thank you all for coming.